How's it going? I'm Xander Fryer, just another millennial corporate dropout turned entrepreneur. Since quitting my day job as an engineer just over four years ago, I built a multi-million dollar coaching business, mentoring seven-figure business owners, professional athletes, award-winning musicians, Hollywood actors, best-selling authors, and hundreds of aspiring entrepreneurs. I truly believe that when we couple the right knowledge with a strong desire for action, anything is possible. But most of us are never given the right knowledge, the shit you don't learn in college. The Sidlik Podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, finance, sports, health, and entertainment in order to help you live a life filled with more money, more meaning, and more freedom than you ever thought possible. Get ready to learn the shit you don't learn in college. Friends, welcome back to another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. I'm your host, Xander Fryer, and today we're going to talk to my good friend and actually my neighbor, Alex J. Moscow. Now, Alex, with over 21,000 hours of experience helping thousands of coaches and high performers build their businesses, whether from scratch, from six figures to multiple seven figures, Alex Moscow has cemented his place in the industry as one of the most trustworthy, congruent, and courageous business mentors out there. Alex has been running transformational programs, events, and retreats for the past 10 years. He's been featured in Forbes and Entrepreneur Magazine and has shared the stage with industry leaders like Suzanne Evans, Jeff Walker, David Bayer, and many others. Now, Alex is incredibly passionate about about creating transformational experiences that combine powerful breakthrough technology, breath work, visualization, and music to help leaders become the most congruent version of themselves. You guys are going to love this one. We're going to talk about how a simple game, a simple child's game as a five-year-old turned into a lifelong stutter and a fight with his speech. We're going to talk about how he became one of the top speakers in the world and a seven-figure business owner, despite sometimes not even being able to say his own name correctly. We're going to talk about the power of plant medicine and how it eventually released his speech impediment in his decade, three-decade-long three, three decade stutter, uh, just two months ago, actually, and how to become a better version of yourself overall. Don't forget, we only spread our message when you share this knowledge with others that need it. So if you enjoy this episode, please share it on, on your social and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. And for all of our shit you don't learn in college fans out there, if you've gotten any value from our podcast, be sure to go to Amazon or SidlickBook.com and grab your copy of the Shit You Don't Learn in College book available now. It's going to be an absolute game changer. Head over to SYDLICbook.com or grab it on Amazon. You're going to enjoy some awesome bonuses as well. I promise you won't regret it. How's it going, everybody? Xander Fryer here, and we're back with another episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. Today, we've got my good friend Alex Moscow on the show. Alex, welcome to the party. Thanks for having me. Of course. <laughs> so for uh, everybody who doesn't know Alex the way that I know Alex, in case you guys were wondering, he literally lives about a seven-minute <laughs> seven minute walk from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so for everybody who doesn't know Alex, uh, would you mind kind of introducing yourself, what you do now, and then let's go back yeah. in time and kind of walk through the story of how you got to here. Totally. So now what I do is I have a business coaching company that helps coaches and experts to really scale a profitable lifestyle business. Yeah. Just that's what one side of the things that I do. And I also run events that are like if the top business conferences, a transformational retreat and a music festival all had a baby, 
Um, <laughs> that's the events that I run now. There's transformation. Um, there's really great uh, growth mining people there, and it's also uh, a big party. That's, that's so. <laughs> this is this is Alex's <laughs> modest way of saying he is. You you are by far one of the most transformational and inspirational people that I know to a lot of other transformational and inspirational mm. people. So uh, if you if you don't know him, be sure to check him out. But you weren't you weren't always this, right? Like let's let's go through the story. Oh man, yeah. So I mean, it all started when I was uh, five years old. Yeah, and I was in my first day of kindergarten, and I walked into the room, and the teacher like moves away all the chairs, and we all sit in a circle. And we play the game, Who Stole the Cookie from the Cookie Jar? Have you ever heard I, of that game yeah, before? I have, yes. Yeah. yeah, so for those of you who haven't... It's, it's been a while. It has. I definitely <laughs> have heard of it. Yeah. So it's to learn everyone's name, yeah. and it goes, Who Stole the Cookie from the Cookie Jar? Samantha. Yeah. Jonathan. Yeah. And as it's getting closer to me, it's kind of feel just like some energy in my body. Um... I wouldn't have described it that way at five, but my hands started to sweat <laughs> and I'm just starting to like really just kind of get tense. Yeah. And as it comes to me, I go and I go, ah, 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 and I just can't say my name and I'm sitting there and I'm just like shaking and I would have given anything in that moment to just say Alex. And I'm sitting there and I just finally just give up. I open my eyes and the whole room just erupts into laughter. Yeah. And I burst into tears and I just run out of the room. Yeah. And so that was my first experience with really coming to terms with I had a, a challenge with my speech and with a stutter, yeah. a stammer. And at that point in time, like I made the unconscious decision to become a, a high achiever because yeah. I saw that if I was achieving and I got good grades and I excelled in sports that I would get love and admiration. It would and overcome this part of you that felt a gap, a hole. Yeah, it, it was the whole of just not feeling like enough, feeling different, yeah. feeling separate, feeling misunderstood. And if I achieved, people would see me in a certain light. Yeah. So I could, it was, so I could always, or through growing up, I was always overcompensating because I, yeah. just, I just felt so separate and different from other people. Yeah. And that led me to, uh, in college, um, I made some not so right decisions. You started your first entrepreneurial venture. I did. I did. And <laughs> on uh, May 6th at 5.33 in the morning after I was partying all night at my fraternity, uh, went home with a beautiful girl for a sleepover and 5.38 in the morning, uh, my window shatters and I wake up out of my drunken uh, days and I have assault rifles and there's men in black SWAT suits and it says DEA across their yeah their jackets and yeah. so they threw me on the floor um, butt naked they put handcuffs on me and they're like do you have any weapons like, would have made a great movie yes yeah great Instagram story as well yeah, <laughs> totally. at the time yeah 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 I don't think we had live streaming back definitely then, but... definitely didn't yeah thank yeah you, thank God. Yeah. Yeah. And so I got thrown in the backseat of that cop car and I really had a chance to think where did I was. Did you have clothes on at this point? They did let me have okay. clothes. All yeah. Right. Just they they sure. didn't let me have okay. clothes. So as I was in the backseat of the cop car, I was just like, how did I get here? Like I had yeah. incredible parents who like loved me, who, you know, supported me through college, who were giving me money you know, too through college. So I didn't do it for the money. I did it because it was a great way to meet people. Yeah. It was, you know, like. Again, you just you just wanted to be liked. Yeah. After five years old of 
having to sit through that trauma. You just wanted to be liked at that point. And what I saw, though, is that people like the guy who brings the party. So I brought the party and I made a bunch of friends and was just not... Until the party ended. Not the most high (laughs) end. Yeah, until the party ended. And it was the best thing that could have happened to me. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what really led me to like, okay, I was was 19 at the time. I was like, I don't have everything figured out. Yeah. Which I definitely thought I did at 18 and 19. (laughs) Right there with you, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's when I was invited to my first like seminar of personal growth and like, and I, if that didn't happen to me, I would have been like, no, it sounds like a scam. Like, it, you know, all these con artists trying to take advantage yeah. of people. But I was open. I was open. I was like, I clearly could get some support. And, you know, one of my old friends from high school was inviting me to this thing. And it was the first time when I went that I ever learned about, like, limiting beliefs. And there's the story that we tell ourselves is what yeah. the story that creates our reality. Yeah. And we have the power to change the story. And I was the first time that I had that. You got that at 19, though, right? Mm-hmm. So I think this is – I actually want to hit on that for a second yeah. because – I remember the first time I went to like a Jack Canfield event mm-hmm. and you know, there was like five or 600 people there. And I was one of six that were under 30 or mm-hmm. whatever it was. Right. Um, and you know, I, I just interviewed Zion, a good friend, a friend, oh, cool. a friend of both of ours. <laughs> and you, me and Zion all share something similar, which is in college, we all got arrested for doing something stupid that basically changed our lives. Mm-hmm. I got a DUI. Zion got arrested for <laughs> dealing drugs as well. Uh-huh. You got arrested for dealing drugs. And all three of us looking back now are like, that was one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not condoning drunk driving, but yeah. like yeah. that, like that happening, thank God nobody was hurt. But like that moment changed a lot for me and opened me up to self-development, thinking differently mm-hmm. and, and getting that at a really young age, I think is part of the reason that, you know, all three of us have been able to be successful in our businesses and in our careers and love lives for all the things that we want because we started down that path of self-development. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm curious for, for you with your DUI, yeah. like what was the defining moment? Was like in the back of the cop car? Was it sitting in it was, the drunk tank? It was in the drunk tank. <laughs> it was in the drunk tank. I remember sitting in the drunk tank because I was in Air Force ROTC at the time. So uh-huh. I was at, yeah, right. So I was, I was supposed to be, you know, I, I, had, uh, I was lined up for my pilot slot. I was top gun. I was <laughs> the top of the class. Um, so my goal was to fly F-22s for the Air Force. And then I remember sitting in the drunk tank, just knowing, basically like completely knowing that my life or my career at the time was done. Like mm. if you get a DUI and you're in Air Force ROTC, you're not even active duty. Like there's no way they're letting you continue. So I knew that it was done. And I was sitting there bawling my eyes out in the drunk tank, which, you know, like bright fluorescent lights and like, I you know, this sounds really bad, but I wasn't even that drunk. Like, I know that I know that I know that every person who gets a DUI is always like, "Oh, but I'm not even that drunk." Yeah. But I had three beers, and by this point, while I'm in the drunk tank, I'm actually pretty much sober, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm in the drunk tank, and I'm looking around, and there's some like really drunk people in the mm-hmm. drunk tank, and I'm sitting there at like my quote unquote rock bottom, and all I can like all I can think about is, first of all, my life is ruined. And then this tiny little voice in the back of my head just goes, there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason for this that, you know, and it was like, you know, when I was like 20, that was 21, 22 at the time. And it was like Byron Katie was in the back of my mind. Like, you know, this isn't happening to you. This is happening for you. <laughs> right. I yeah. didn't know who Byron Katie was at the time. I didn't know right. anything about self-development at the time, but there was something that was basically just telling me like this, this has to be happening for a reason. Mm-hmm. right and when you're in the shit like i'm sure when you were butt naked being tackled by dea swat like you weren't like hooray this is gonna change my life right mm-hmm. but you know decade more than a decade later like i can look back now and be like 
I, I'm so grateful for that moment. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that was my moment. Mm-hmm. So maybe it wasn't as naked as you, but <laughs> definitely changed my life. Uh, see, it wasn't actually anything in there that was the moment for me. It yeah. was going through the court process. Yeah. And like having it to be, because I was like, I was arrested by the DEA. Like I sold to an under, undercover agent. Yeah. Like felony charge. <laughs> and like, it was like, I'm either going to face time and like go to jail. Like the, so it was, it was the stories that were yeah, then going through your head yeah, while you're sitting in the court process. Totally. And that yeah. process is not fun. Yeah. How long did that go on for? I think like seven or eight months. Wow. And so, yeah, cause there's so many different times you go back and yeah. just every time it's like, I didn't know if I was going to get like taken in or if, you know, yeah, it's gonna get extended. Or, yeah. And, so I was like, if I get out of this, yeah, you know, if I get out of this, then you know, I, I'm I'm committed to. to doing I think something I think that's really powerful though, because you you essentially had six months to marinate in the fact that you you've been making some bad decisions and you needed to change the decisions you were making, mm-hmm. right? I think a lot of us are never given that opportunity to really reflect, right? And I think that's why a lot of us never actually change, right? Do you think that was a big part of it? Is just like learning to reflect and marinate in the crap or. It was, yeah, because each time I went to court, it was the question of how did I get here? You yeah. know, like I graduated high school with a 4.3. Yeah. Like I played varsity baseball, like, and I played baseball like my whole life. You know, I was, I was supposed to w- walk on to the San Diego State team, but I got rushed into a fraternity and that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's the end of that story. And then you went down a different path. Yeah. yeah. And so it was like, how did I get here? You know, and so there was those in, it was also that voice inside of me that I think it's important to speak to is that, and there was, cause there was a part of me that was like, I should have been smarter at selling drugs, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's the honest yeah, truth. Yeah, like, yeah. how did I, you know, or like, are, I'm better than this. Like, I'm a better drug dealer. Like, I this. had three beers. Like I yeah. should have been more focused because I knew I had three beers, you yeah. know, it's so, and that's a crazy part yeah. that I think is it lives within all of us. Yeah. And there was the other bigger part of me that was like, no, this is like yours to own and to take ownership yeah. for your actions. Because I was also, you know, at that point in time, I was great at like being able to fandangle my way through life and like yeah. kind, of, kind of manipulate situations to get what I want. Mm-hmm. And that came from, you know, fear of not being good enough, fear of being vulnerable and being seen and not being willing to take responsibility for my actions. Yeah. Yeah. Like in college, like if I could cheat on something, I would. You know, so I would take, I would take shortcuts. It's funny in the, in the entrepreneurial world, we now call that collaborating (laughs) in college. It's cheating. Modeling. Modeling. Yeah, exactly. Success leaves clues. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so, so, um, you know, obviously that was a big pivotal moment in your life going through that whole process. Mm -hmm. Um, so you go through that process and you get invited to Mm self-development. What, what, what happens then? Yeah, I think the, I think there's universal truths that are really, really powerful where when you hear them, it just lands, it lands different. You don't know why. Yeah. 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 It's like there's certain speakers that you resonate with, Mm -hmm. you know, like Tony Robbins is one for me. Like when I Mm -hmm. first went to his first event, I thought he was big rah-rah and like motivation. And what I saw was he's a master of human transformation and the way that his words just landed differently for me. Where like that analytical mind, the skeptic that I came into his event with, completely eradicated. Yeah. And so at that point in time, it was uh, one of them that was really impactful for me was that I am the average of the five people that I hang out with. Yeah. And so who I was hanging out with and I was selling drugs, it's very different. 
Then when I got into going to seminars and, yeah. you know, getting saving up all of my, like, you know, because after I got arrested, I got I went to go work at Abercrombie and Fitch. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was making nine bucks an hour in Las Vegas and saving that to buy a course, you know. And so really surrounding myself with people who had different lives and who had the results that I didn't have that I wanted. Yeah. And being open to learning and being a student, not like a, I was a student in school who would take shortcuts and would cheat if I could, but who really Actually was there. looking for betterment. Yes. Yeah. And, and was there to really learn and to, it was something that pulled me. I was never yeah. pulled to learn in school. Yeah. Welcome to the shit you don't yeah. learn in college, man. <laughs> that's, that's why we talk about this mm -hmm. stuff. Um, so, so you go down this path of, of really following the, the self-development and you feel that universal truth starting to resonate in you. Um, and obviously at some point you want to go down the entrepreneurial path and mm -hmm. start your own business. So tell me about how that started for you. From these personal development events. Yeah. Cause you know, as if you've ever been to one before, which I know you have, yeah. but at these, there's multiple speakers and they're saying, great, like you're living your beliefs, your stories, your negative patterns is one aspect too, but if you really want to have freedom and to have freedom over your life and choice yeah. that freedom over your income yeah. is something that you should Pretty consider. Amount. Yeah. yeah. You should, that you should consider. Yeah. And there are other ways that are unconventional than what's taught in the mainstream narrative. Yeah. And so becoming an entrepreneur, starting an online business and there was, you know, I went to a couple events and I kept hearing the same message of like these online businesses and I was like, I'm decent with computers, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, I, mean, I might be able yeah, to figure this out. I play video games, you know, yeah. so, and I was, and I'm also pretty good at business. I'm, right? like, I'm also pretty experienced at selling shit. Yeah, so. I have some blind spots clearly, yeah. <laughs> and I, oh I could use some upgrades in the way that I could but actually uh, hold on. We're gonna go there. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think was maybe the biggest skill set that you learned selling drugs that you actually were able to translate to entrepreneurialism? Mm -hmm. So that would be relationship marketing yeah, and being really solid with getting referrals and getting other people to <laughs> promote myself. Because you can't post ads on Instagram or Facebook yeah. for selling drugs. So it's like if you have a really good product yeah. that people love and they want to share, it's, it's, it's like a good movie, you know? Yeah. It's like they, if there's something that they see a good movie and you go to their friends, like, oh my goodness, you have to go see this movie. Yeah. So it was like that concept, but with what I was selling. And I so when it, they had a good experience, they would tell other people and... That I, I really translated into yeah. really having a really solid, high integrity level of service in yeah. my business. You have to start there. Have to start there. Yeah. Have to start there. I love that, man. Dude, so I want to, I mean, we, we may end up talking more about the business stuff, but mm -hmm. I think part of, part of your story that uh, is still just so deep and so connected to me is um, the stutter. Right? Mm -hmm. The stutter itself that you, you, as you described, you built from a traumatic experience when you were five years old. And you become not only a, a, a coach and a leader to other coaches, but a public speaker and, and someone who holds large transformational events. Like, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. So as I was going to these events, I started my online business and I was doing at 21 years old, like when I started it, um, we started at like 12,000 a month and I yeah. was in college still. Yeah. So I went to my college counselor and I was like, Hey, if, this is, these are my bank statements. If I follow this path, yeah, the math doesn't add up. I was like, I'm, I'm only half Asian, but my math, so my math is half the time. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, this, this, is, is not, this is half true at least. Yeah, yeah. totally. I was like, this is not like, it doesn't make sense. And they're like, great, take a leave of absence, you always come back. And I was really, really grateful for that. And so as I was building my business, I was, one of my 
clients was like, hey, or he had a social phobia. Mm-hmm. And then he was speaking on stage. It's like, hey, what'd you do? You know, because I was like, I'm always looking for stuff to help myself grow and like for my speech. Yeah. And he's like, I'm working with this guy, Ted. And so yeah. I was like, who's this guy, Ted? So I went to go and I, hi- I went to go meet with them. We resonated. I hired my first mentor. Yeah. And long story Just short. Ted McGrath? Ted McGrath. Yeah. Long story short is the universe aligned where I, he fired all of his team. I fired all my staff or excuse me, all my clients, because I didn't know how to run a business. Yeah, I, I could sell things, but I didn't know how to run a business. So yeah. I went to go partner up with him and helped him grow his coaching business literally from scratch to multiple seven figures. Yeah. And I got all of the experience, all the blood, sweat, and tears. I was doing 100, 120-hour work weeks sometimes. Yeah. It was crazy. And I was, you know, 20, welcome, welcome to startup world. Totally. Yeah. When I was 21, <laughs> yeah, 20, 24, 25-ish. And yeah. so I got all my experience there. And then... Um, yeah, and then I went out and, and and I had a message inside that I knew that I, I could make a bigger difference. And there was also something inside of me that I wanted to share. Yeah. And it was such a great experience helping, you know, a leader be able to be elevated and to be amplified with what they're doing. Yeah. And so I saw that and I saw the people that were helping and I was helping, you know, and just, you know, being real is I, I was I saw a lot of people who were less qualified, less skilled. And that part of me that judges, just being honest, you yeah, know, and yeah. I was like, I we all, we all have yeah. it, right? Like we, and sometimes that's kind of a good thing when you can see somebody else doing it and you're, you're like, that's sometimes that's the mm-hmm. belief jump we need. We're like, wow, like I thought I'm not good enough, but I see this person doing mm-hmm. it. And you know, frankly, I'm gonna judge them a little bit and I'm better than them. Totally. So what's holding me back? <laughs> totally. Totally. So there's yeah. a point in time where we had like our biggest event and it was like a huge milestone. We hit that goal. And I thought... That like we hit the goal, and like we're gonna pop champagne. I was gonna be carried <laughs> off into the sunset or whatever, and it just you know I just felt empty, and I was like, yeah. okay, that that's the moment I knew. Okay, I need to go share my own message. I gotta get my message yeah. out there. Yeah, I love that. I, I want to talk about that for a second too, because I think you know for a lot of people, a lot of people we chase, uh, and I did this while I was at Cisco. We chase the money, we chase the title, we chase you know the the notoriety, mm-hmm. um, in the hopes that that will bring what we think success is, which mm-hmm. is fulfillment, joy, happiness, yeah, some financial freedom too. Um, but a lot of people keep chasing that part of it and they never end up getting there. How, like, what did you have to do? How did you have to get real with yourself to the point where you were just like, no, I got to go do something different. I got to go do my thing. Like, how did you do that? From pain, man. It's, well, just, it's, it's a great, great motivator. It's a great you know? motivator. Yeah. Yes. Because, because like when I really checked back in with myself, it's like I knew I should have left his organization a year and a half before. So it was 18 months. What? So you stayed. Why'd you stay then? Fear, man. I, it's fear. Always fear. Always fear. It's always fear. Fear. fear Can of, I do it on my own? Yeah. Like, am I good enough? Yeah, like, I've got a good thing. All these results I produced for him, for his clients, were they yeah. just because of him? Like, am I an imposter? Like, I can't even say my own name sometimes. Who's going to listen to me? Yeah. Can I really do this on my own? Yeah. So all of those, all of those stories, you know, what am I going to do if it doesn't work out? Yeah. What yeah. are my parents going to think? But yeah, <laughs> all the time, right? What are my parents going to think? What are my friends going to think? Yeah. What is social media going to think now? Mm-hmm. Social media is coming up. Um, so, so obviously you end up going out on your own and, uh, so at this point, do you still have a stutter or are you? Yeah, I definitely, yeah. I mean, I just, I've had a stutter until a couple months ago. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I had to make a decision. Okay, by the way, a <laughs> couple months ago, just want to repeat that dude's had a seven figure business for years and he's, you know, had, you literally just mm-hmm. gotten rid of your stutter a couple of months ago. Yeah. A couple months ago. Right. Yeah. So that's crazy. Yeah. It's, I made a decision when I was, when I was working for Ted. 
Yeah. And we did this launch and it was really successful. We had like 50 sales calls booked. And he was like, I was like, who's going to take these calls? He goes, the sales team is. Yeah. I was like, great. Who's the sales team? He goes, you're you, the sales team. You're doing it. And so I remember being on those calls and all of, you know, all of my own like common yeah. sales fear comes up of, you know, who am I? And I don't want to take advantage of people. And, you know, I don't want to be slimy. But also this like, I have a hard time saying my name sometimes. Yeah. You know, I'm supposed to help this person like make a decision to change their life. Like how, and they're what supposed to I trust me. Yeah. yeah, they're supposed to trust me. And then it came more, they're just such beautiful conversations of these amazing people like pouring their heart out of what they wanted, of what's yeah. in the way of like, what's at stake for them with their families. Yeah. And there was just the thing of like, wow, like I made a decision at that point where I'm not going to let my limitations stop me from helping other people. Not going to let me prevent somebody else from the opportunity of change. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I'm just not going to let my own self-implied limitations stop me. Yeah. From going after, at least trying. Yeah. Like, at least going after it with 100%. So, like, hearing you do it is amazing. How, like, I think there's so many people out there that just, they feel like they can't get to that point of just, like, I, I just need to take action in this thing. I just need to move forward in that. How do we overcome ourselves like you did there? I think it's about vision. It's about, vision? yeah, vision of what do you want, you know? Because yeah. that if your vision for your life in like the crystal clarity of like what you want your life to look like, what you want your family to look like, what do you want your relationships, your friendships, your romantic relationships yeah. to look like and what is required yeah. to actually get there. I feel like that that vision needs to be bigger than your fear. Yeah. Because if it's if that vision is strong enough, you'll overcome whatever's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz or it will it will give you the juice to fail. Yeah. Because failure is a part of the game. It's a part of the game, I love that. you know, but in, if we get back or if we go deeper into the psychology of society and culture that we live in does not promote failure. We, you know, there's a lot yeah. of cultural things around like, you know, be seen, but not heard, mm -hmm. like fit in with the tribe. Mm -hmm. Don't, you know, don't be too loud. And so well, evolutionarily, it makes sense. Totally. Right? Like we were small tribe groups. Like you want like, if you get outcast as ancient man, you're going to be eaten by a saber toothed tiger. Right. Mm -hmm. But like now if you get outcast by one group, well, there's lots of other groups for you to be a part of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also from the, that, that tribal nature of looking and researching what you want to do and yeah. seeing that there's people doing it and getting involved in those communities and in those tribes of people who are doing what you want to do and seeing that people aren't so different than you or they've had similar challenges or even worse and bigger challenges. Which would literally goes back to the, the five people that you spend the most time with, right? Mm -hmm. If you now go spend your time around five people who've gone through a challenge like you've been through or a bigger challenge and have accomplished what you want, it's going to be hard for you not to see that you could do it. It will be hard, but it's that still does not solve anything. <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, how many events have you... Excuse, I'll speak for myself. Yeah. I've been to so many events because I've been in the industry for 12 years now. Yeah. So many seminars where people stay stuck. Yeah. And they just go and they just consume information and more information. Yeah. And so just getting... Why Why is that? I, I have it, my theories, but yeah. I want to hear your theories. Yeah. I, it's fear, man. It's yeah. fear. It's... So they enjoy taking in the knowledge, but the fear just prevents them from making the decision and taking the action. It's like mental masturbation, you know, like yeah. it's a great way to convince yourself that you're making progress without actually doing it. Yes, because if you want to see where you're at, look at your results in your life. The yeah. problem with that, though, is most people have such a charge to their results. Yeah. But if you can objectively look at your results, 
then you can get feedback for what's going right, what's going wrong in your life. And then if you're objective about it, and if you're willing to look at it, and this, and it's mainly the shit that you're usually not willing to you look at. You don't want to that look at. you've been avoiding. The, the that, stuff that hurts. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Of like, wow, like I'm in a toxic relationship and I've been in this relationship for, you know, two years, but I haven't left yet. Yeah. You know, well, let me look at why. No, let me just go watch Netflix. You know, like, yeah. that's, that's. Or, or let me go watch a motivational Tony Robbins video and make me feel like I'm doing mm -hmm. something, but I'm going to stay in my shitty relationship. Yeah. yeah. Or I watch the video, I'm going to start tomorrow and then tomorrow <laughs> happens, right? Like, and instead you just watch another video. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I do want to like, so you very concretely said two months ago. Yeah. I moved through my stutter. Yeah. What happened? So I, my fiance, Jennifer and I yeah. were down in Costa Rica at a yeah. place called, called Rhythmia. Yeah. And so Rhythmia is, it was the first medically licensed ayahuasca retreat center. Yeah. So it is... It's a magical place, man. And we, we went there, uh, Jennifer actually got me, uh, got us a spot there two years ago for my 30th birthday. Wow. And it was really powerful. Then we got asked to come back and speak into like lead because they have a guest speaker for the week. Mm -hmm. And so as I was there and as I was in leadership and to be clear, like I, I'm not, ayahuasca is not for everyone. Yeah. Like definitely go and do your research, like consult a, consult some experts yeah. on it. I'm yeah. definitely not the expert. I'm just sharing from my experience. Yeah. And as I was there and as I was in leadership, being there, and I'm just gonna touch on this point real quick. Like I, I believe so much of success is knowing the game that we play. And I know that if I'm left to my own devices, I'm all over the place. Yeah. And when I commit to other people and I commit to like my fiance, like my integrity is super solid. Yeah. And so something that I'm, I'm always a work in progress on is my own integrity to myself. Yeah. And so as I was in that situation and I'm leading all these amazing people there of like to go deeper, to have courage, you know, to yeah. face, because if you want to face your stuff, I mean, plant medicine is a, a great way to access is as a tool, the subconscious yeah. mind to be able to look at what's there. And so as I was leading other people to do that, I was like, okay, like what would be big for me? Yeah. You know, and I've done all sorts of leadership trainings, week long meditation retreats, travel all over the world all sorts of healing, all sorts yeah. of like biofeedback stuff. And as I was there, and that's what's made progress with my stutter. That's what's really helped me be okay. And I think that's a huge part of why I've been able to build the business and to create the life that I have now. Yeah. And when I was there, I was like, there was something that happened where I was like, oh, in ceremony tonight, because we do four ceremonies there, it was night three. I was just like, I'm going to go for it. Like, why not? Yeah. You know, I'm here. Going, yeah. I'm here. Why not just like, set the soul intention of like getting rid of this and releasing it. Yeah. Releasing it. Yeah. And so as I was in there and I was in ceremony or where it was about to start, I go up to the shamans and I was just like, Hey, I, I'm, I'm thinking of, um, releasing the stutter. What do you guys think? <laughs> and they just gave me phenomenal feedback. Like yeah. they're just like, they gave me some tools and some different frameworks and like about, you know, some different things with the music that was going to be mm -hmm. unique about tonight and to really like go for it. And yeah. I drank a lot of medicine that night Yeah, and I got to connect to the emotion of yeah. what it was like growing up. And even just like, even as our relationship, you know, and there's been times, you know, before where like I would start, I know you're not, you're not judging me and I know no, that you yeah. still love me for me. And there's still that part of me that's judging myself 
when Which it happens. And especially yeah. for all the work, all the hundreds of thousands of dollars that I've spent on my personal it's growth. It's like, how am I still not there? Yeah. yeah. How am I still not? Why is this still here? Yeah. And so all of those, so in that situation of, you're not judging me, but I am. Yeah. But where does that, where is, where does that energy go? Like, I'm not processing. I'm not, I'm not like it's processing. Recycle. It's, it's on recycle. And every day of my life. Yeah. Almost every conversation that I had, that was there. And wow. that's what I got rid of during that ceremony is being able to feel that. Wow. And that's why I am such a strong believer in this specific type of plant medicine is because it allows us to feel our feelings there's only one way to move through an emotion is to eventually feel it at some point yeah one of my mentors david mailer says face it and feel it yeah. you know we're so we're such masters of distraction yeah you know and you know jennifer calls them seductive distractions which yeah. look like tony robbins motivational videos you yeah know? they're seductive distractions versus like what is the thing that in our heart and our soul we know that we need to face. It's probably, yeah, it's probably the thing you're the most scared of. It's probably absolutely the thing, like, we you don't want. Nobody enjoys sitting in the fear of the thoughts and the emotions of like judging yourself for years, right? Nobody wants to sit in that. Totally, totally. So if you don't know about ayahuasca, it's a purgatory. So yeah. vomiting, going to the bathroom, very, very common. Yeah. And so as I was, you guys, you guys getting excited? <laughs> sounds, sounds like a great sounds, Tuesday morning, yeah. right? Awesome. <laughs> definitely, yeah, definitely not a party. <laughs> um, and so as I was there and I could feel the just nausea building and I, I was just connecting, you know, I was just, and I started to connect to that just like little boy inside of me. Yeah. Um, and then I started to connect it to my stutter and I was like, wow, like this has been my, one of my best friends, my, my, my greatest teacher in my life. Yeah. You know, like, and it's really, and I just got all of the flooded downloads of like how it's helped me like learn how to listen to people, like yeah. really listen to people and how it's taught me empathy and how it's taught me to, to connect in a different way. And it's really taught me to really understand and to really take my time yeah. when I'm connecting with somebody and how beautiful that has been from a relational level, how that's been a big part of why I've been so successful in business and that and learning from dealing drugs <laughs> of course of course yeah. of course and then as i'm there i was like wow like this is this ceremony is going to be a, a party a send-off party for my stutter oh that's amazing and i was like and i was like i'm going for it so yeah. when the nausea hit i was going for my bucket which they give you <laughs> everyone has their cute little bucket and as i was like vomiting um they rhythmia gives you this tool that to ask when you purge of what was that yeah and it was the shame from when I was six years old. It was, you know, all of my experiences through high school when I was giving a presentation and people laughed at me. It was every time that I, that I was attracted to a girl or a woman and I wanted to go approach them, but I didn't because I was scared I was going to make a fucking fool of myself. Yeah. And all of that of just like, and it was, I was like, I was vomiting for like an hour and a half. Jeez. It was wild. And then it came after like, I got through my first cycle i connected to my dad because he also he also stutters yeah and so i was like okay this is for him and i'm process all the unprocessed emotion that he couldn't have he didn't have the tools to yeah i got you dad and that's when it was just like tears so i'm like vomiting i'm crying, crying. i'm laughing yeah yeah and it was just so exhilarating and then after that when i was done i felt complete <laughs> i sat up and i i felt the shift and i felt that there was something different in me yeah. To where 
I had to relearn how to talk and to communicate. So everything that I thought, I didn't think in my head, I said out loud. So I was the weird guy in the ceremony who was talking, talking to himself. Talking the whole time. Talking to himself. And it was like low, but like I was, every thought that I had, it was like a new way of communicating yeah. your being. So. You had to relearn this whole like physical process. Almost. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's super cool. So like that, that story to me is absolutely amazing. <laughs> Um, I'm not, I'm not going to tell everybody that they need to go take ayahuasca. Mm -hmm. Um, but definitely consider plant medicine. Um, uh, if, if someone's not ready for plant medicine, if somebody's not ready to go down that path and whether it's ayahuasca or psilocybin or, uh, you know, there's a lot of mm -hmm. different, a lot of different, uh, types and a lot of different, very safe ways to go down that path. Totally. If somebody's not ready for that. Are there different things that somebody can start to do to start to, you know, release some of this, this past crap, the limiting beliefs, the stories, like. How, how do they get through that stuff? Totally. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of hiring a coach. Yeah. I mean, hire, because you left to your own devices. It's what your results I loved, are. I loved the way that you said that. Yeah. You're like, I know that left to my own devices, like, hmm, not going to go too well. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty productive, driven, motivated person. But you leave me to my own devices, like, that's going to go downhill pretty quickly. Right. It's like, I've always had a coach. I've always had masterminds. Mm -hmm. I've always had mentors. I love that. Because I set up structures in my life to keep me accountable so yeah. I don't fall back into the pattern of the 19-year-old kid who was selling yeah. drugs. Yeah. You know, did I transform that? Yes. Is there a part that still lives within me? Of course. Yeah. Because it's also what I believe like deep personal development work does is it allows you to integrate that part of yourself versus yeah. that part's bad and shaming it and all of this, what I think so many people do, especially when they get when they first get into yeah. personal development. That's not me. That wasn't me. I'm different now. Yeah. You know, but that, that pattern will come back up into your life and it will be a different level of demon if you do not integrate it in. Yeah. So coaching therapy is, you know, I think that all of these different types of things, personal development events, courses. Yeah. So I think courses are great. I think personal developments are great, but I'm a big fan of experiential learning. You got to feel it. Yeah. You got to go <clears throat> information or just information. The experience is something that goes deep deep into the body yeah. and really creates lasting change in my experience. Yeah, I love that. And I think, um, you know, one of the things I always tell people is knowledge is not power, right? Knowledge is actually the mortal enemy of power mm. if you do not implement, mm -hmm. if you do not create wisdom from it by actually acting, implementing, feeling it, transforming it in the body. So I love that, man. Dude, Alex, we could, we could probably keep going for another hour <laughs> and a half. Um, I, do have, I do have one question uh -huh. for you that I want to close on. Uh, knowing what I know about you now, um, I kind of have some ideas where this may go, but what's one, what's one thing that you wish you learned in college that you didn't? Besides don't get arrested That's with the DEA. Literally what I was, <laughs> literally what I was thinking is, was like, besides how to pick out a DEA agent at a party. Yeah. Like, <laughs> there's some other things, but that's probably number one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> going, going, going to the root cause and not the symptom. I yeah. appreciate that. I yeah. appreciate that. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, if I could go back and like send a message to myself, yeah, I would say, you don't have to have it all figured out. Like yeah. it's gonna be okay. Like that. it's gonna be okay. Like I would give myself a big fucking hug and yeah. I would just whisper that into his ear. I love that because I think I think so much, especially like, you know, you and I are relatively young as entrepreneurs, and then you know I'm starting to see you know even younger entrepreneurs coming up and going crazy, and you know, I'm like, man, like. Like how the, like I wish I could have had it figured out like them even younger, right? And I'm like, wait, no, like I had to go through this. I had to go through this process, this journey of not knowing mm -hmm. to this point. 
I love that, man. Yeah, it's like we're not the young entrepreneurs in the room it's anymore. Crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, dude, Alex, I-, I want more people to get more of Alex. Where can people learn about you? Where can they find out more about what you're doing, some of these events and things like that? Yeah, the best place is going to be on Facebook. So yeah. facebook.com slash Alex J. Moscow. Uh, I'm sure you'll have like a... Yep, we'll have we'll have that in Great. the uh, in the show notes for sure. Yeah, but that's the easiest place to find me. That's where I put out the most consistent content. Yeah. So that that's going to be by far the best place to find me. And if you guys are in San Diego in the Encinitas, Solana Beach area, just hit us up. We'll be hanging out. Mm-hmm. Um, this has been absolutely great, man. For all of our Shit You Don't Learn in College fans out there, don't forget to check out the book, Shit You Don't Learn in College, on Amazon now. Uh, Alex, this was, this was awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely, dude. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all we have for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Shit You Don't Learn in College. And if you did, please share this episode on your social media and tag at Xander Fryer. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and give us a five-star rating so you don't miss any other great episodes. We can only spread our message when you share this knowledge with the others that need it. So we really appreciate the support. Thanks a ton.